Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Episode 141 of the Connecting Faith to Life 141. podcast. We're closely getting to 150. Yeah, that's amazing. We've uh, been doing this a while, brother. Oh, that, wow. So 150 will be well, give we or take really about, about that, but three you know, years. Yeah, you know? yeah well, it, that's a long time. We, yeah. We, uh, you know, got in my life when, you know, life gets shorter and shorter, you know, that's really a long time. Three years? Yeah. yeah so. I guess it is. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 150. Amen. Coming. So as you, as you listen, just uh, get the word out, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, text them uh, with the link, let them know how they can be a part. And Pastor Tommy's going to talk about joining the podcast, subscribing. That's very important as well. Just helps our stretch, stretch our reach out beyond just our immediate church family and, and, and help influence others. Um, well, Pastor, we're going to be talking today about worship, but maybe in a little different than we've ever done before. Um, it is, it is just typical in church, especially, us non-formal churches, I would mm-hmm. say, where we are kind of, you know, a little uh, on the uh, just, you know, laid back sort of thing where we do it, that we have people and others, uh, and I'm talking about children, <laughs> who, who can distract us. Now, yeah. I love having children in worship. Don't ever think that uh, when babies cry, I'm thrilled because that means there's young people there and yeah, all those yeah. things. But as adults, we need to be a little more, uh, I think, a little more uh honest about what it does to other people, how we, how we are responding and reacting in worship. So they can yeah. be worship distractions. Yeah. That's going to be um, an interesting one today. How do we limit distractions in worship? Because we are a very distracted people. Yes, we are. Right. Yeah. We have these. You have your, right your phone. Here. And I mean, yeah. I guess when you started going to church back in the dark ages, you too now. You We didn't have any of this, <laughs> but you had nothing. I mean, I mean, I remember we used to read to get you know, we wanted to be, we were bored out of our minds. We would read the hymn book, read the hymn book. And we would make funny things out of the lines and all those things. And we'd make up new hymns and all those things. That was our way to distract How did you get to church? Did you do horse and carriage or how did you get? Yeah, we, we had two horses. (laughs) We had a, a a Surrey, you know, when, yeah, yeah, uh, no, we, we actually, when I I was at Isle Palms Baptist church for a while and over at Isle Palms, we, we were close enough to walk. That was really cool. So we walked as a family. That was back before automobiles. You didn't have a choice, but to walk. Yeah, that was the way it was on those old dirt streets. I got to stop picking on you about your age, Trey. <laughs> Get me in trouble. Oh, man, that's okay. We, you know, we have a strange and wonderful relationship, so it, it, <laughs> it works. It works and wonderful. Right. <laughs> yeah, but so you think about this topic of limiting distractions in worship, mm-hmm. that, that all of us come from um, different backgrounds, yeah. and probably for many of us listening, our, our church story is different. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a really traditional type Baptist church. That's that's all I know is Southern Baptist. I was born and raised Southern Baptist. Is all I know. I mean, I've visited other denominations. Yeah, of I course. Would, you know, for, for just for for various reasons. But this is what I know. And so the church I came from is probably somewhat like the church you came from, Trey. Very traditional. Mm-hmm. You, you sing out of the hymn book. Yeah. Uh, everybody wore their Sunday best. Oh yeah. You know. In fact, I mean, I I wore a, a coat and tie really up until I came to Northwood. Because the church I pastored before I was here was a little more on the traditional side, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to not wear a coat and tie there, and it didn't go well. And so I kept <laughs> wearing my coat and tie. Uh, so this is the first church I've actually been a part of that, um, well, I say that, 
um, the first church I've pastored that's been more laid back and informal, uh-huh. and, I, and I appreciate that. Uh, so, but some of us come from a more traditional background, and and just that 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 idea in that more traditional background of when you come to worship, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, you you sit still, you stay quiet, you you know, you know and it's and, and I remember as a kid sitting in worship, and you know, that was kind of instilled in us: sit still, be quiet, don't mm-hmm. say anything, don't look at anybody, just. You know, it, it was yeah, it was were, pretty tough, pretty strict. You there know, were many times I got the old pinch on the leg. Well, man, I tell you what, man, I remember um, when I was in in um, a teenager, my my parents they would let us sit in the back of the worship center, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but they they let us because there there was an old couple. Uh, an old older couple that sat on the back row every Sunday, back row. So we could never sit on the back row because this older couple they uh-huh. took the back row. But but he, the, the the older gentleman behind us, if, if we started talking, he would pinch us. <laughs> I kid you not. No, he, he, he would pinch us. Like, so we, you know, anyway. But but that was kind of the, the, the expectation that that you know in worship, you mm-hmm. you're there, you're quiet, you don't say anything. I mean, and and I, I came from that traditional background where there wasn't much amening or lifting hands or anything like that. It was just it was. I mean, for lack of better words, it's very, very stoic, very mm-hmm. rigid, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And, and now here I am at Northwood and, and, and just think about how, how, uh, church culture has shifted oh, over the years. Really right? now, there are still those churches that are more traditional and, and there are people that prefer that type yeah. of more traditional, uh, uh, environment and, and, and praise the Lord for that. But then you have, you know, this, this shift in, in a lot of church cultures where, where we, we've tried to be more embracing Mm-hmm. Uh, of people, regardless of their walk in life, we want people to feel welcomed when they come, and mm-hmm. and so so you know the um, focus on dress isn't as important as it was right. you know 20, 30 years ago when you wore coat and tie. Now you, you, it's not uncommon to see someone wearing you know jeans and a t shirt mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, and 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 that that's fine. Those things I think are are good and helpful because it does give us a more welcoming environment. You know, come as you are because we believe that that Christ just desires a relationship with you. It's not based on what you wear or right. or even how you act or things like that. Just come, come and embrace the one who who lived and died and rose again for you. Uh, so so you know, if you think about it, church over the years has gotten more casual, and then not only has church gotten more casual, um, you know our lives have changed drastically. Oh, big. And, right. and I mean, the last two years have been well, even more well, so. you have the pandemic, but just you think about, the, you think about just the uh, technological revolution mm-hmm. that yeah. we've lived through, that you do have uh, not only a phone that you bring with you to worship, which is fine, but you just have, have the influence of media uh, j- just to think about, right? I mean, unless you're in school, Mm-hmm. and you're a student at a university or a high school or whatever the case may be, in what other environment other than church do you sit down and listen to someone talk to you for 40, 45 minutes? You don't. You don't. Yeah, it's just, uh, you don't. You don't. I mean, that's just not what we do. You, mm-hmm. you think about the information we consume is through some type of screen, and and the information we consume through a screen typically is, you know, high energy. It mm-hmm. is picture-oriented. It, it's broken up by commercial breaks or whatever the case may be. Um, it's highly produced. Uh, um, and if you think, I mean, I'm a big podcast listener. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with American History Tellers podcast. Yeah, I am. Oh, I love that podcast. And, and it, so it gives you all, you know, all these uh, stories from history, but right. they, you know, they dramatize them, right? Mm-hmm. So there's music, there's acting, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to listen to. So it's yeah, not just exactly. someone talking to me about history. It's actually retelling the story in a very creative way. And so you think about it, you come to, to church and, and church is really one of the only places where we're expected to sit and to listen to someone on a stage, talk to us for 40 or 45 minutes. 
Yeah, we we're are, not used we to that. Are it. And, and if you think about it, that, I mean, just from my perspective, that puts a whole lot of pressure on the preacher mm-hmm. that, that I have to try each week to hold the attention of people who every week, you know, are not doing this except for one time a week. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to here at Northwood, 700 people every week who come to our church and, um, sitting in, in, in the chairs and, you know, the only time during the week where they, they sit still to listen to someone speak. That, that's a challenge. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and even in life connection groups, you know, we've moved away from the, the lecture model. Right. So you are really yeah, the yeah, only because thing. Because even our small group model, people are discussing the scripture, yeah. not listening to a lecture or a monologue. And right. so it's different. And, and, and just knowing that, you know, in, in a more casual setting where, you know, where, where it's come as you are, where we, you know, where the music is, is, you know, a little bit different than what might be in traditional church and, I mean, it, it is very easy, and especially in a church like ours, where we've grown tremendously mm-hmm. over the last few years, and there's just more and more people here. Um, it's easy to be distracted. Yeah, definitely. It's just easy to be distracted. And, 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 and just, you know, kind of thinking about what does it mean to come to worship and, and honor the Lord and, and so a scripture that, that's helpful for me is Ecclesiastes 5, 1 mm. and 2. Now, now when, when Solomon writes these words, it is obviously Old Testament. He's not yeah. thinking about the church in the sense that, uh, you know, we think about church. He's thinking about Old Testament worship and going to the temple and the sacrifices that have been made. It was a completely different system than obviously what we're in. But I think there's something helpful for us here. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2, Solomon writes, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to approach in obedience than to offer the sacrifice as fools do, for they ignorantly do wrong. Do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Mm. It's an interesting scripture. And so Solomon is saying, hey, when, when, when you go to worship, be careful. Mm-hmm. Serious business. Right. And in Guard it, your steps, let your words be few. And I will say, you know, I love our worship. I enjoy our worship. Yeah. But there is a time for us to sit quietly and contemplate. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. sermons are our way of doing that. Yeah, for sure. We're very bad at it at home. Yeah. All of us, you know, yeah. we're so distracted at home. This is one time that you're yeah. expected to sit still and, and listen. Yeah, so for me, it's, it's fine a balance, yeah, right? I like, agree. Like there's this seriousness in worship that when I come on a Sunday morning or when you come on a Sunday morning, uh, we want to have in mind that we are approaching the God of all creation mm-hmm. corporately as a body of believers. That's, that's serious. But at the same time, it's, it's celebratory. Oh, yeah. We're coming to celebrate what Christ has done in our lives collectively, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, every Sunday for us as followers of Jesus, it should be uh, celebratory, but it also should be a family reunion in a sense, right? Because every Sunday we're coming back with the body of believers, our brothers and sisters in Jesus, who who maybe we haven't seen during the week or talked to a whole lot. And, you know, and so there should be a lot of talking, right? I mean, I love it when we walk into our lobby and we see lots of people just hanging out and talking and all those kind of things, because that's what it should be. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a a family. So we've got all these things we're trying to balance, right? That there, there should be a seriousness in what we're doing on Sunday mornings Mm -hmm. because we are approaching together the God of all creation there should be celebration because we are celebrating the fact that we don't have to bring sacrifices like mm-hmm. Solomon did, that Christ is our once and for Amen. all sacrifice who saved us from our sins and has given us life. And there should be this sense of, man, I can't wait to see my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's kind of family reunion. So, so you're trying to balance all these things. And then, and then, and, you know, the, 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 for us, the casualness of it, the informality of, you know, um, we are, uh, coming as we are because we want to embrace people from all walks of life so that we, you know, our, our dress isn't a barrier or our traditions aren't a barrier. We want people just to experience Jesus. So, so we're, we're trying to 
we're trying to balance all these things in worship, which I think is good. And, and then just understanding our own personalities, that we are a people that are easily distracted in the midst of all that. I will say that, um, you know, I, I have watched shows from the 50s and 60s. And people wore sweaters and ties and jackets at home while they were doing their work. <laughs> I love Lucy. So, yeah. So but I guess what I'm saying, though, is we're not much different. It's just that this is how we actually we're dressing up. I'm dressing up a little bit from what I stay, yeah, you know, yeah. from a sweatshirt and sweatpants, you know, I'm coming dressed up. So, you know, we still are living within our culture. Right, right. And right. Very similar to first century. They live within their culture. Yeah. They didn't say you have to dress a certain way to come to church. Yeah. So anyway, all those things working together. Well, let's jump in and okay. get started. Number one, and that is remind yourself of the significance of worship. Okay. How do we limit the distractions in worship? One, yeah. remind yourself of the significance of worship. Mm-hmm. Just you need to remind yourself on a regular basis. Hey, here's why I go to church. It's good to see um, the family and friends, right? To have that family reunion. It's it's good to you know come and just uh, sing the songs and enjoy the uh, the band and all those kinds of things. It's, it's it's good to come and bring the kids and let them be in an environment that 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 we know they're getting good teaching mm-hmm. and and they're building relationships. All those things are good. But, but I mean, just remind ourselves what's actually taking place when we gather, that we believe that we together as a family of believers, every time we meet together, we are coming in the presence of God together. That's a big deal. This this God who, who in scripture is a holy God, right? This God who you think about Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, when he came into his presence, he fell to his face, right? Mm -hmm. Or you think about Peter when, when Jesus was there and, 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 and he put down his net and brought, or Peter put down the net and brought in all those fish when Jesus told him to put down his net and how Peter fell on to his face in worship. You think about all these encounters that people had with God and scripture and, and, and how in those moments they fell, they bowed. They mm-hmm. worship because they recognize the seriousness of the moment. I'm, I'm not saying that every time you come to church, you need to fall on your face, but I am saying that you do need to recognize it's serious business, mm-hmm. that together we're coming into the presence of God and we're a sinful people coming to the presence of God, redeemed people, but, but coming with that heart of, of thanksgiving that mm-hmm. he has redeemed us, coming with that heart of, of reverence, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think a lot of times we, we, in our church culture today, we lack this idea of reverence that, yeah. that, man, this is a holy moment, a sacred moment, um, it doesn't mean that we can't be joyful or have fun or anything like that, but but there is a sense of reverence. I'm coming to the presence of a holy God who I believe, right, and this is our conviction because we open the word to, of God together, and I, I say this quite a bit on Sunday mornings, that, that when we open the word of God together, he, the God of all creation, he is speaking to us. Mm, this is a right. big deal, right? And so, so for us, I mean, while, 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 you know, attending, I think Northwood on Sunday morning is, is enjoyable. I think it's fun. Um, you know, it's, it's very different than going to a baseball game. Oh yeah. It's very different than going to a concert. We are coming together in the presence of God. Yeah, I it's agree. It's different. And we got treated as different. You know, and get, getting together, this is a longstanding tradition, yeah. you know, uh, and more than a tradition, I think it's a command, uh, you know, that we are to get together once a, once a week. And just yeah. that in and of itself should should bring us to our, you know, senses as far as this is a special time. Yeah. Uh, this is not watching TV. It's not going to a ball game. It's not those kind of things. Although, you know, like you said, celebratory worship is also great. But the point is, is that this is a special time that uh, that has been designed for us to come together as the body of Christ to get refueled, to encourage each other, as such, because you see the day coming, as Hebrews tells us, you know, all those things working together. So, yeah. yeah so I think, I think for us, just remembering that reality mm-hmm. will help us to be less distracted. 
This is a big deal. I'm going to treat it as a big deal. Amen. Number two, as we talk about limiting distractions, is pray before worship. I don't think anybody thinks about that. Praying before worship. <laughs> well, that's a good idea to do, right? Yeah. And so you think about, um, I've heard it said quite a few times over the years that that Sunday morning worship is a Saturday night decision. No, no I agree with that. Right? Yeah, I totally that, agree that, with that. That on Saturdays, you're already beginning to prepare for what's going to take place on Sunday mornings. And how do you prepare? Well, you prepare by uh, making the decision to go to church on Sunday. You prepare by praying, mm-hmm. right? And so, so you think about even the night before, on that Saturday, you know, after you, you've done your Saturday thing and you're just, you know, calming down for the evening, getting ready to rest or whatever the case may be, just taking some time to pray for mm-hmm. Sunday morning, to pray for your heart and that you'll be open to what Amen. God has for That's you, right. to pray for your children that you're bringing to worship with you, that, that they will be open to what God has for them, to pray for your, your pastor, to pray for your life connection group leader, to pray for every, you know, aspect of the worship service and the different ministries that take place, but just taking time to pray on Saturday night and then again on Sunday morning, I think it helps to put you in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think that's probably part of the issue for a lot of us is we don't prepare for worship. Yeah. Right. We, we just come and, and I'm glad you're here. We're all glad you're here, but, but how might it change the way you approach worship? If you just took some time to prepare before you came. We, we treated uh, Sunday kind of like the Jews treat the Sabbath and that mm-hmm. when we came to dinner time, that was our time to start to settle down. Yeah. In other words, on Saturdays. you know, we did not, yeah, on Saturday mm-hmm. nights and we want to be prepared for Sunday morning. Now, of course the kids always hate that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but at least they had that tradition in our family. They knew that this was the time to start calming down. We were not going to wire up and gain, you know, every now and again, we let them go to concerts and things like that. But that's kind of how and it I'll was. tell you this just from personal experience. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this too, pops. Um, it seems like Saturday evenings is Prime opportunity for Satan to attack my home. Yeah, I would agree. I think you he, know? He, he looks for that opportunity. Oh, my goodness. It seems, like, yeah, it seems like something goes crazy every Saturday night. One of the kids gets jacked up or it just seems like something goes crazy mm-hmm. every Saturday night to distract us from what's coming up on Sunday morning, right? So just be aware. There is an enemy uh, that that doesn't want you to prepare or to give God your best on Sunday morning. and But all the more reason to pray and to, to engage mm-hmm. in that that. That, that time with the Lord and fight that spiritual battle so you can be here and give your best to the Lord. You know, I, I, I have said more than once, I'm not going to deal with this on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You had to. Yeah. But, you know, you felt like saying that. Yeah. And people playing late weddings on Saturday night, and, you know, I, I'm— There's I, lots of events I miss on Saturday night just because— Well, for, for me, and I'm different everybody else because I have to preach every Sunday morning, but yeah. there's lots of things I just don't do on Saturday night because I've, I've got to have that time to I prepare agree. my heart and my mind. I've got to go back for my sermon notes. I've got to get—I just got to get— in, ready you know yeah, and i want to prepare my heart as well as what we're about to do on, yeah. on on that sunday as well all right so number three and that is arrive for worship early what right <laughs> who would do that and find your seat early that's helpful for everybody when you it do really that is. and again I, especially in our situation right, where we're, I, we're, again, we're not trying to be right legalistic now. or trying to you know guilt you into coming but but here's reality um is that for our church in our context mm-hmm. every sunday we're full mm-hmm I mean, there are some Sunday mornings in our church where, where people do walk in late, and, and sometimes it really does happen. You, you're trying your best, and you got 17 kids. You're trying to get out the door. It's, it's bound to it happen. It always I get happens. It. I yes. get it. It really does happen. Yeah. Uh, but but we've gotten to that point where uh, if you come in late, sometimes it, it's hard to find a seat. We've had people stand out in the lobby and right, watch the TV. Right. Because they said, I just couldn't find a seat. Yeah. And so we, we've tried to to you know 
fix that in some ways. We've we've asked people to come start coming more to our nine thirty mm-hmm. service, which has really helped. We've had mm-hmm. it huge, really has. We've had a lot larger crowds in our earlier service, which has really you know helped us in that second service. Uh, but anyway, all that to say is that that when you do come in late and you're trying to find that seat, th- let's just be honest, Ray, is is kind of a distraction to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. If we've already begun worship and people are walking in trying to find a seat, um, you know it it. it it's, it's not, it's just not helpful. Now, yeah. anyway, I'm, I'm trying to be nice about it, but it's just, you know, it's just not helpful. Right. And, and so, I, so it's yeah. one thing, you know, you got 17 kids yeah. and you arrive late. That that's bound to happen from time to time. It's another thing to say, well, I'm just going to sit out in the lobby and drink coffee for 20 minutes and intentionally go in late. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so it's just, it's just helpful for everybody. It's helpful for those who are on stage leading worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's helpful for those you're going to be sitting around. If, if, if you're just there ready to go when, when it starts and not walking in 10 minutes late, that just really helps. And, and, and that does limit distractions. Yeah. It limits distraction for you. It limits the distractions of others, right? Because I can tell you, man, it, it, you know, when, when, when I'm, when I'm on stage preaching it and, you know, there's a lot of movement in the congregation, it, 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 you know, it kind of gets me off a little bit. And you know? I do want to apologize to everybody. I always come in late because I send my guest services people you, in. I stand at the table until obviously nobody else is coming. And occasionally I got to help people when they do come late yeah. because guests tend to yeah, come that's late. Right, they do. And, and we understand so, that. I know. I just hate it. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, well, we can't anybody. be legalistic, but right. But just saying it, if, if, if it helps us all, yeah. if you, if you, if you make your best attempt to get there early and get in your seat early. So that just really ignore me. There's nothing wrong. I'm just coming in late cause I'm helping guests. Okay. So just, you, you've got an excuse. <laughs> I don't know if it's an excuse, but that's what's going on. Yeah. Number four, avoid using uh-oh, here we go. We're starting oh, no. to meddle. Oh, no. Avoid using your mobile oh, no. device. Okay, let's talk about and this. That's, and that's hard because that's hard. they're actually using Bible yeah, on here. Yeah, you know? so, so again, we don't want to be legalistic about this. Yeah. You you know, okay, the, let's, let's just make this personal. Mm-hmm. You know your own personal situation with your mobile device. Mm-hmm. Some of you listening, you can handle it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can you can take that mobile device and you can use your Bible app on your mobile device and um, and, and and you're not distracted by okay now it's time to go to Facebook or check the scores on ESPN. You you can get <laughs> through a service yeah. with just looking at your mobile device, device for your Bible. But I know there's others of you and I and I get it I get it because I've been there. Right. There's others of you that um, you you just you just tune out and. And, you know, there's a part of the message that's not as interesting to you. And so you'll start getting that phone, you'll scroll. You'll mm-hmm. scroll Twitter, you'll scroll Facebook, you'll go check the scores, you'll, you know, check the stock market, where the case may be. And, and, and you do that. And, and so, so, so listen, when, when you do that, you, you are taking your mind off of the things of God, mm-hmm. right? And you, you're, and you are, you are kind of defeating the purpose of being here. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so just be aware of that. So, so. It, it would be really good. I know our church does a good job of this for the most part because I see it every Sunday. It would be really good if you used like an actual bound Bible. Yeah, yeah. Those things really are helpful. They are. And so again, you know your so 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 it might be this for you. And again, you know who you are, and you know your own personality. You know what you can handle, what you can't handle, right? Mm-hmm. I know for me, Trey, just this is a struggle for me because if I'm listening to a speaker, whether it's a preacher or something else, and I have my device on me, mm-hmm. if he says something, I'm like that that I don't necessarily that I won't further to further investigate. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing for me to pull out my phone during the middle of speech and start searching Google. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I want more information. Sure. I, I, I can't wait until the message is over to do it. I've got to do it then. Well, I won't remember. Right. Well, well, <laughs> that's old. the thing. So, so I know it's a struggle for me that I, I fight the battle too of, yeah. of disengaging for a moment so I can check my phone to, to either fact check the speaker or get some more information. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I do that too. And I, I don't want to do that. And so, so it might be making a radical decision like this. Mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. When you turn off your car, put your phone in the glove box, mm. lock the door, and leave it in your car. Again, and like you said, that depends on how you are, how much you're you, driven. You're, you know who you are. This thing for me, this phone is like I hate it. Yeah. Like when I get in worship and it starts buzzing, I said, I'm not, I'm not, I get mad. And I said, yeah. I'm not, yeah. people know I'm in worship. I'm yeah. not going to be watching this yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. it literally stays in my pocket because it irritates me, but well, that's my age. Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, no, seriously, I'm not. My I, wife will have people text her during worship sometimes. And then they'll ask her, did you get my text? She's like, well, I, w- I was, I was in worship. I, I didn't, even, I didn't check. You know what I mean? So I mean, I, and I get that. I mean, that's just kind of who we oh, are. We're, yeah, we're on our phones texting yeah. all the time. And, but, I, but, but my, it, the, the devices have become a distraction mm-hmm. for all life just in general. And so, so on Sunday mornings, let's just make it a commitment that for the hour or so that we're together, that we do all that we can to avoid being distracted mm-hmm. by our mobile devices. And that means leave it in the car, leave it in the car. Now, I know for some of us, we can't do that. We, we do have to, you know, looking out for a family emergency or whatever the case may be, and I, I get all that. But but do what you can do to limit uh, that distraction. And that may mean for you, you bring an actual bound copy of the Word of God rather than depending mm-hmm. on your phone, or it may mean leaving it in the car. Just, just think through that. How sure. is that being a distraction for you in worship? So, you know, not only that, but I always like to be able to write and take notes. So that leads us to number five, because you do need to take notes. And having a bound Bible and a notebook with you is going to help you with that. Yeah. And so so coming to church isn't going to school, right? We're not asking you to come and just take copious notes because we're going to test it on you later. But it's just reality. I know this for me, that that I remember things much better Mm -hmm. when I write things down. Of course. I mean, even for me, I mean, I'm still, I mean, I use a computer, obviously I write out all my sermons on computer and all that. And I'm very heavily dependent on, 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 on my laptop. But even when I do sermon prep, I do, I do a draft by hand. Mm -hmm. I write out sermon notes by hand and then I put them into the computer Mm -hmm. Um, because there's something for me about that transfer between the hand and the brain that helps get it in my mind. I mean, typing's one thing and, and, and I do that, but, but there, for me, there's just something about writing something by hand that mm-hmm. really helps it to stick. I think right? you're right. And so even when I'm reading books, I'll try to write some notes by hand because again, um, you know, that, that transfer from a hand to brain is powerful. Yeah. My books would not do well for resale value because right? they are written all over and yeah. marked and everything. It just help again, it helps me remember, know what's going on Yeah, and more so with the word of God, you right. know, my so Bibles I'm, are marked up as well. So we're not saying, you know, write down everything the preacher says, but we are saying, you know, there, there are those things that while you're listening and it may be something that God just brings to mind while you're listening, that he speaks to you in a specific mm-hmm. way, write it down. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I know for me, there's sometimes, you know, in the middle of the night that, you know, I wake up and have a thought and I don't write it down. And then I wake up the next morning and I wish I'd have written that down. Oh, yeah. Because there's just something powerful about writing things down. It helps you remember, right? So so that could help you to focus more in worship mm-hmm. is just being um, better about taking some notes. Again, not five pages of notes, but just that's what we give you, uh, you know, that outline every Sunday. So yeah, you can jot some things down to, to help you to, to stay engaged in what's taking place, mm-hmm. right? Number six, if we're going to start to we're gonna deal with more. the distractions, and that is number six. And this is a big one. Stay in the service. And this is might be confusing to people until the service is concluded. Let me say that again. Stay in the service until the service is concluded. I don't think <laughs> some people know when the service is concluded. It's not when you say, you know, you start to slow down. We know when you're done. I mean, yeah. you start to say things that we know that's if yeah, you've yeah, listened yeah. long enough. And people think that's the end of the service. But yeah. there's lots going on after. Right. You. So when we say stay in the service till the service concluded, yeah. we do our best. Now, every Sunday is different. We do our best to be conscious of time. Mm-hmm. 
right? So typically what you can expect at Northwood is that we are concluded between 1210 and 1215, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. There are rare, rare, rare occasions that we go past 1215. So we're talking about an hour to 10, hour, 15 minutes every Sunday morning in our second service. The right. first service, we have to be a little more conscious of time because we're moving into the second service. And that second service, we're usually done 1210 to 1215. Mm-hmm. First service, we're usually done 935 to 940. So, so um, I don't think that's too big of a time commitment, right? So, so, so we're asking that you stay in the service until it's actually done. So, mm-hmm. so I preach, and then after I preach, we have a time of invitation. Now, what, actually, is it, what does that invitation mean? Seriously, so when we have the, the invitation, that? right? The invitation is a time for people to respond to okay. how God is leading them. So, so we'll see, you know, different responses. You might see someone who goes to one of those crosses to trust Christ as Lord mm-hmm. and Savior. You might see people come down to the front mm-hmm. and kneel in prayer. But that that time of invitation is important because we're we're responding to what God has said to us through His Word in the message. That that is a part of worship. And it's not an optional part. It's an important part mm-hmm. of worship. And so, and I get it. I mean, sometimes you got things you got to do and you got to get out and I get all that. But, but when you start moving around uh, during that time of invitation, it is distracting. Yeah. And it might be distracting someone from making a decision that God's calling them to make. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, so it's, we're just asking, right? And I think we do a fairly decent job with this, just to be considerate of those around you during that time of worship. Know that when you come, right, that, that our service is going to conclude more than likely between 12, 10 and 12, 15, have that in your mind. And then just, just wait, wait until we're actually done. So we will have that time of invitation after that time of invitation. If we have people who've joined our church, we'll present them to our family. I pray and we're done Yeah, and then go. And so, so really it, I mean, it locks down pretty quick. Once it, it, starts, it really does. It really does. And just so, be, so give us a couple minutes. Right. So if, 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 if we end our service at 12, 15, you're really not gaining much by leaving at 12, 12, no stick around the extra three minutes. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Right. But that, that really is helpful for everybody when we, when we kind of just stay in place until the service is actually concluded. I actually tell people if you're going to move. There's not that much traffic to beat. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to move, <laughs> move forward. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to go to the cross. Yeah. You need to go yeah. to the front. You need to pray. You need to go to talk to the pastors, anything like that. Yeah. Join, join the church, become That's a member right. and those kinds of But that things. does help limit some distractions. We just yeah. kind of stay in place until we're done. Amen. Number seven, and this is very important to me, attend a Life Connection group. Yeah. Because this helps you to stay accountable in the worship service, mm-hmm. right? So, so if if I know that I'm responsible for what's taking place in worship, because I'm gonna have to go to a group later on to mm-hmm. discuss what took place, what you know, discuss that passage we studied, right? In particular, mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna help me to pay be- better attention in the service, right, right? right? Because there's that accountability. I'm gonna discuss this with a group of people. We're gonna talk about this text and the things we learned and what God's doing in our lives, and so I'm gonna listen carefully. And so, just being a part of a life connection group as that layer of accountability in worship, because you know that, that what you're talking about in worship or what you're learning in worship through the preaching of the word, you're going to go and, and, and flush that out a little bit more in life connection group. So attending a life connection group is really important because I think it helps keep you accountable for worship and that, that, that limits distractions. And we're as not well. talking about, you know, this outline, you actually title it, which is what it is. Sermon discussion guide, yeah. bring your sermon discussion guide to yeah, life connection yeah, group yeah, yeah. the next week. Yeah. So it helps. Yeah. All right, Pastor. Well, I hope this has been helpful and uh, we hadn't meddled too much. I don't think so. (laughs) But these are helpful things to consider, right? And and the point is not to meddle. The point is, you know, we want to honor the Lord with the time that we give him on Sunday mornings. And so we all need, and I need to do a better job of limiting those distractions so so we can honor the Lord with that time. We'll close this out and get us ready for next week. All right. We do hope today has been helpful for you and an encouragement to you. And if it has been, Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.